we the people of the United States to form a more perfect union, secure the blessings of liberty, establish the Constitution. Hello friends and welcome to We The People Show. This is your host Tiger and uh, we are recording from the nice scenery of the hill country in central Texas. How are you today, Bradley? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Pretty good, even though I'm stressed at my job's new schedule, but it's just how it is, part of the process. Yeah. No. At least you don't have to work weekends now. <laughs> right. I uh, finally can be treated like a full-time employee. Even though I'm officially part time still. Yeah, you'll get there, man. I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, as for myself, I'm really happy that uh, business analyst uh, job position re- from a certain company reached out to me and uh, invited me to an interview soon. See, uh, that's just evidence, Bradley, that uh, non-STEM majors can succeed in the real world. On the contrary to what our mutual friend, it uh, quote unquote. The nurse as a nickname. He keeps touting that we're uh we're not gonna find any opportunity. Well, screw him. He's just a a hole for that. Well hey. everyone finds uh, success in their own way. That's true. There you go. Um success, uh, there's different routes to it and fame as well. Mm-hmm. Well depending on if one if one seeks fame. Exactly, fame and uh, success. So anyway, uh, on the topic of Chinese New Year, I decided to do this, well, it's just a kind of a, you know, half taking a break from the political realm and half, you know, celebrating a second New Year. I want to shine light on that, that many people don't know. I mean, after all, this is the U.S., the melting pot of many cultures. Indeed. Now, Bradley, uh, going to you first, what do you think about what comes to mind when Chinese Chinese New Year's brought up. Well, um, first I'm not from uh, Chinese the Chinese culture, uh, but uh, I do find it pretty fascinating that you know their culture along with um, other cultures have like their own New Year's, and I think that's pretty interesting. Like the way they sell the the way they'll you know keep track of years is um, through animals. And how it cycles through. Yes. You know, after, Based, well, after every, uh, every what? Every 12 years. Every for 12 years. Chi- in Chinese culture. Yeah. It, they also celebrate this kind of New Year in Vietnam and uh, South Korea and I think Japan too. But their culture I don't know because I'm not Korean American, Vietnamese, or Chinese or Japanese American. But as a Chinese American, I can confirm that it is, you know, um, they we have this zodiac of 12 animals that uh, that switches every 12 years. So the year of a tiger, the last one was 2010. So 12 years later, it's this year, 2022. And I wanted to, I, the reason why I brought this up in a political realm a little bit is because that uh, back in 2010, the last year of the tiger was when Biden is relevant. At the time, he was vice president. And funny enough, now, 12 years later, the next year of the Tiger, he's president. Yep. So it's just crazy how uh, things change over the past 12 years. Because we went through second term Obama and a whole four years of Trump. Yeah. 
And it's just crazy, dude. And uh, Vice President Biden at the time in 2010, now we have Vice President Harris. And speaking of in the political realm, um, it's just let's talk about current events so far, Bradley. What, do you, what is your take on the Supreme Court situation? Well, um, uh, I think it's a very important moment for Biden's presidency. And he's pretty lucky that he has this little distraction of his, uh, given all the other disasters he's, uh, that's been going on in his presidency, or more like his uh, failure to take action on certain issues. And, uh, or like he'll take the wrong actions. But anyway, um, you know, he's pretty lucky that he's now going to have a Supreme Court justice that could be on the court for three to four decades. And, um, you know, uh, and Democrats do happen to control the Senate right now, so he'll likely get his nominee, um, unfortunately. But hopefully maybe uh, she'll be a little bit more moderate um, with Manchin and Cinema uh, having to get their vote in the Senate. And I think Breyer uh, retired just in time. He knew, like, now was a good time to retire while well, he still had Democrats in control of the Senate and Biden as president. Right. Yeah. And uh, we know that he wants a, a, a black woman on the Supreme Court, as he promised. Uh, and, you know, I while it would be a um, historic move, I think he needs to look at qualification before he looks at gender and skin color. Exactly. Like, this country, it should be always about... Um, content of character over race and merit over race. Yeah. And Is he just going to ignore MLK's words now? Yeah, Biden, why? And uh, he also uh, did a similar kind of tactic at a Georgia rally in which he spoke about so-called voting rights and so-called voting suppression, which isn't even true at all for election integrity laws across this country because bottom line is those laws are about... Um, easy to vote and hard to cheat simple as that right but no democrats just want to gaslight saying it's suppressing the vote yep and with the supreme court situation i personally think biden should nominate like you said someone uh moderate if it's gonna be liberal then at least it's not you know radical left-winger yeah she'll be a liberal justice no matter what right but, you know, hopefully not, like, AOC tight. Yeah, we just have to see who Biden nominates, like, once he made a decision and an announcement comes. And speaking of which, a lot of people were also, oh, I listened earlier from a, a podcast episode of Senator Ted Cruz. He was asked the question, oh, will Republicans try the tactic that Democrats did to Brett Kavanaugh? The answer will be, would be and should be no because uh, we don't believe in smearing people with lies right. that, that, uh, that are used for political gain. That's just wrong in ethical terms because you see the smearing back in 2018 with Kavanaugh. It's yeah. just crazy. And Democrats did the same thing. And when uh, Clarence Thomas, Justice Thomas, was going through his confirmation hearings. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, ideally I, I wouldn't want to smear his justice like the way Brett Kavanaugh does. Though I wouldn't feel sorry, uh, I would be lying if I said I wouldn't feel sorry if, you know, Republicans did try to do that tactic as a way of payback for how they treated Kavanaugh. I would actually... And, and they can't complain about that because of what they did to Kavanaugh. The Democrats right. can't. 
Well, I would condemn that if either party tries anything with nominee, that's just not a recipe for national unity. That just divides us further. I mean, well, we just have to hope for the best with the confirmation hearings going forward to yeah. succeed Breyer. Yeah. And regarding foreign policy matters and current news would be um, the Ukraine and Russia tensions. I, I'm I'm not confident in Biden's ability to handle it well since he we all know he already effed up Afghanistan. Yeah. And uh, given that he has a track record as you know soft on adversaries, I would say that's the reason I do not have confidence in Biden's ability to handle it. And besides Russia, you see a uh, freaking North Korea is testing their missile thingy, and China is on on you know on the on the offensive front and messing with taiwan so i mean shit hit shit is hitting the fan man all over the world yep because we have a guy in the oval office who's soft on everything foreign policy is just worse domestically would be worse but either way both are bad yeah it's either he's going too soft or he's like uh escalating the the issue he's escalating the uh the foreign policy uh, crisis. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like he's either being too soft on our adversaries or um, unnecessarily rough. You know, like after he promised like he wasn't going to send U.S. troops to Ukraine, why did he? Uh, why is he considering deploying a bunch of U.S. troops in Eastern Europe and the Baltics? What kind of message is that sent for you know diplomatic solutions instead of military ones? Nobody wants a war between Russia and Ukraine, and definitely not between Russia and the U.S. We should strive right. for... Uh, I mean, you know, that doesn't mean he needs to let Putin roll, o- roll over to Putin and let him take Ukraine, but he needs to be willing to show some strength, too, without escalating it. Exactly. And learn to make a deal or compromise. Yeah, we just have to pray, I guess, and we're going a bit off topic, but no worries. Uh, back to this matter was Chinese New Year, the next year of the tiger would be 2034, and that by then, it's going to be either the 48th or 49th president. Again, don't take my word for it, folks, because I, uh, you never know with national elections in this country. We either have someone in there for four years or eight years. Yep. Because, yeah, yeah, but it's all going to be depending on the voters' choice. Mm-hmm. And, yep, that's about it. And the vice president will be, of course, be different. And, honestly, Bradley was the 2024 one briefly. Um, tr- uh, former President Trump gave a speech recently in Conroe, Texas. And it's actually a lot nicer than the one in Arizona. Because I think, uh, okay, throughout that speech, he did not talk about 2020, thankfully. He talked about how Biden is handling things terribly. Yeah. And what Republicans should do in midterms and... 24. Yeah. And I think why he did the 2020 rant thing in Arizona is because his... That was his, one of the states that was, like, really close. Right. That was not only close, but also, I believe, his cult of personality is chilling there. And I think Donald should overall stop that narrative because, as I said before, cults of personalities are cringe. Yes. Even on the Democrat side. For sure. I do see some Bidenian profiles. Oh. Oh, hey, Darren. Our mutual friend Darren, folks, and on the guest on the Socialist episode two years ago. And 
Yep. Uh, anyway, back on the topic is that uh, the 24 election, well, that is too early to say. We're going to have to go through the midterms first. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can't wait to see how that will unfold. Do you think that it's going to be more than a red wave, but rather than a red tsunami? Oh, I definitely think it'll be a red tsunami at this rate. And, you know, Biden uh, picking his Supreme Court justice, uh, uh, even though I think it's likely he'll be able to confirm the justice, uh, I don't think it'll be enough to save him and the Democrats, just like how uh, Kavanaugh's uh, confirmation didn't save Republicans in 2018, or uh, didn't save Republicans in 2006 with Samuel Alito with Bush. Yes, this is the same with... uh just Supreme Court justice confirmation it's I guess you could argue uh, it's just just nothing compared to other issues affecting the country and you you could argue I was going to say the same case with Amy Coney Barrett it did not save the GOP the 2020 election we lost the White House and both chambers of Congress yeah though they did expand its uh, seats in the House of Representatives which was unheard of for Republicans since 2004, I believe. Right, pretty unusual for... Form 2004. Yeah, pretty unusual for the opposition party taking power. Because we've seen Republicans keeping the Senate in 18 in a supposed yeah. blue wave year. Yeah, expanded their majority in the Senate then. Um, but yeah, unusually, like, Republicans gain seats in the House of Representatives during a presidential election, which is un- unheard of. Yes. But... Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Right. Besides the national level, the state level, too. And I'm more focused about local, of course, because that impacts us more than nationally. Y'all should, too. And, um, Bradley, I hope, real quick, before we move on, you are also looking to get involved locally this coming 2022. Well, um, I'd like to help however I can. Uh, For one, I'm definitely going to vote in the Republican primary in March. And, by the way, I, I think the last day to register to vote and the primary in Texas already passed, right. if I'm not mistaken. I think the so, last day of January. Yeah. So hopefully y'all are already registered to vote if you want to vote in the Republican or Democrat primaries. Yeah. Uh, probably most of our audience is going to vote in the GOP primary. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, and then um, I'm going to vote in the general election. Uh, I might donate to some candidates that I find to be vulnerable that have a good shot at winning. Um now, when it comes to, like, door knocking and such, I'll really do that if, like, I'm going to get some compensation just because right now, like, I'm looking for a stable job and I need to make sure I have a good stream of income. Um, even though I'd, I'd like to make an impact, I, I also need to make an impact on my bank account, too. <laughs> Bingo. There you go. Um, I do have a job. It's just that I hope if I do block walk or volunteer or do whatever work with politics, I hope at least I get compensation for it as part of another type of income since I am employed, but it's not full time. But hey, at least it's, uh, it's at least I have a foot in the door opportunity. Exactly. And this is a this this involvement with the elections. It's a, it's a side opportunity, a side mission if you could put it that way in the video game. Yeah, like a, a RPG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, back to Chinese New Year. Bradley, I got to tell you an interesting fact and see your reaction on. Normally, when people are born, we will be, you know, zero years old. Yeah. But in our my culture, uh, we are automatically one year old. So in 98, I'll, 
in a Chinese New Year calendar, I will be one mm. already. And to this day, I'm 23, you know, according to the Gregorian calendar. But in this year of the Tiger calendar, I'll be actually 24 already. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a different kind of thing, the way ages are are counted. I, I would have guessed uh, you would have been uh, three, right? Because the year of the Tiger happened three times in your lifetime. Yeah. 1998, 2010, 2022, but... Yes, well, uh, I want to say three times, it's, wait, every 12 years, so since 98, 98 was the year of the tiger, so that means 12, okay. And then 2010, the second time it happened in your life, the year of the tiger. I wouldn't say about second time, I, either my math is wrong or... Or something, but either way. Uh, anyway, you'd be 24 in Chinese New Year. Right, regardless yeah. of how many times, I'm 24, technically. Yeah. Well, it so happens I'm also year of the Tiger, too, because I was born in 98. <laughs> October, you're yeah. just a month younger yes. than me. <laughs> well, That's right. Yeah, well, October 23rd for you and me, the September 13th. Right. And uh, apparently, also in my culture, you know that... Uh, it's usually unlucky for the people whose year is it because cause it's just a superstition kind of thing in the culture. So that's why uh, everybody's, when their year comes, like my grandpa, CCP grandpa is a nickname. Uh-huh. He, he is the year of the ox. And so whenever the year of the ox came by, like AKA last year, he has to watch his back. Really? So I... The 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 year of your animal is not a good luck. It's like superstitious. Superstitious, right? Oh like, man, I thought it would have been the opposite. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But on the bright side, <laughs> we do all wear red. So like red jacket, red underwear, or red pants. It's kind of a you know a good luck charm. Ah, uh, okay. I do have red clothing, red underwear. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but that's just one way to you know ward off the. Keep a, keep the bad spirits spirits away, basically. Yeah. And speaking of which, uh, we, I want to make this episode to uh, shine light on how, how far the Chinese American community has come. I do, like I said before, celebrate my heritage, and the, my culture and heritage. The only thing that I'm against would be, the the regime, running the PRC right now. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm gonna gonna advocate my opposition in a smaller ways because the last thing I want to happen was the party there banning me from visiting my relatives. So yeah, that's why I kind of have to be careful. Yeah. Um. Well, I have a question for you. How um, do you think Taiwan has been better at preserving traditional Chinese culture than? the mainland China, like, People's Republic of China? And if so, like, in what ways do you think, like, uh, Taiwan is different from China with culturally? Uh, from my experience visiting Taiwan one year and then live, um, visiting the mainland and living there for three years, I will say they're pretty much both the same. What is tense and kind of a taboo topic is politically how these two entities would get along. Because you see it, tensions rise up right now with Xi Jinping and Taiwan's uh, president. Yeah. And American involvement, too, because the tensions did 
build kind of throughout both the Trump and Biden administrations. You have Trump's Secretary of Health, Alex Azar, um, visiting Taiwan. That kind of angered Beijing, understandably. And you have Biden sending an unofficial delegation last spring. And that, of course, angered Beijing, too, because it's a sensitive topic. But besides from politics, I'm getting off topic. You meant culturally. I would say it's about the same. About the same. And la- just language is speaking the same, but written is different because you have Taiwan using traditional Chinese characters and the mainland using simplified. So you'd say like architecture and like um, is pretty much like the same. Yeah, in both ma- both mainland and Taiwan. Okay. Yeah. So it's just, it's just more like maybe Taiwan has more a. Uh, more open to like maybe Buddhism, like more tolerant to religion than right. China. Because China, you do see churches, and as you mentioned to me before, they have this group called the Patriotic Catholics, which yeah, <laughs> which in our stance, it's not really freedom of religion there. Yeah, you can't you you have to separate church and state. That's our doctrine, for us world, us Americans in our constitution. Yeah, well, well, their thing is like uh, you know. The only way you're allowed to be Catholic in China is if you're loyal to the CCP instead of, of like, your ultimate authority is the CCP and not the Pope. Well, I mean, the ultimate authority is God, but, like, the Pope is supposed to be, like, the main messenger right. from God, but they're not allowed to really listen to him well, over there. Yeah, well, details mainly I don't really know since I don't have the insights on. But my guess is that there are probably um, underground operations in the mainland, and as well as other, you know, totalitarian countries like North Korea, yeah. too. In Taiwan, is it mostly Buddhist? Well, Buddhist is everywhere in Asia. It's just that Taiwan has, I guess you could say that Taiwan is also have a melting pot of religions. Christianity, too. And mm-hmm. Maybe some Islam, maybe. Probably. But that I have to dig into, because I don't know. I do have Taiwanese friends that could know shine some light on that yeah and yep this is uh not not in a way to uh you know to anger the ccp if any of y'all are listening agents good luck trying to ban me from going i'm gonna go (laughs) and you dare to if you dare to detain me oh i'll have the u.s delegation as help embassy and consulates there you go. Flex that uh, diplomatic power. <laughs> yeah, while also uh, trying not to get banned from that country at right. the same time. <laughs> but like I said privately to you, um, they probably wouldn't care, but monitor me heavily. That's just how they run stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to the actual cultural aspect of it. It's the Year of the Tiger, and, uh, well, um, the New Year's Eve... Chinese New Year's Eve and day has already passed. I already said said my New Year's wishes to my grandparents and parents. And uh, my cousin was like on the chat, oh, I hope uh, I would come back to mainland to visit someday. But right now with COVID and, and strictness and all, who knows in the future. Besides, I work here anyway, so I make time to take days off. Yeah. And there are plans, like, my parents going back, moving back there eventually. 
Well, that is way later, like, once I transitioned in my industry from part-time to full-time. And well, Bradley, I guess we set it up about this special Chinese New Year. Any final thoughts? Oh, well, uh, happy belated Chinese New Year. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, even though it's technically lasts for 15 days. Yeah. Uh, yep, I uh, hope uh, this this new year of the tiger goes well, and I will certainly be wearing my red underwear as a way to watch my back in this year. All right. I'm sure I'll be fine. I survived 2010, so I will certainly survive 2022. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, let's hope uh, we take back both chambers and keep a check on him. Let's go, Brandon. Yes, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. Next week, I will be discussing midterm elections and energy policies with uh, analyst AJ. And uh, we will, Bradley, you and I will hopefully reconvene uh, in the, on the third Thursday of this month to talk about President's Day and eventually midterm elections last Thursday of February preparations for it since the primaries for this important election will be on March 1st. Yes. That's coming right around the corner. So campaign, campaign, and good luck to us. May the 4th be with us. So, yeah, that's the schedule. And take care, folks. Happy Chinese New Year. Later, y'all. We, the people of the United States, to form a more perfect union, secure the blessings of liberty, establish the Constitution.